Welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers, where Weaver professionals talk about business and accounting. We'll explore a wide variety of topics from tax law and accounting standard changes to managing cyber, fraud, financial, and operational risks. What do these issues mean to your business? Join us as we go beyond the numbers to find out. Welcome to Beyond the Numbers, a Weaver podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk, and today we're talking about employee benefit plans and the responsibility of fiduciaries. Mistakes are costly in any industry, but especially when you're dealing with employee benefit plans, there's a lot of responsibility that goes into being a fiduciary, and it's much more than just crossing your T's and dotting your I's. Our guest is Araceli Rios. Nice to have you on the podcast today. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. So I'd love to know more about your role at Weaver and then some of the practice areas that you're in. Well, I'm an audit partner at Weaver. Um, I spend all my time on employee benefit plan audits, and I've been with the firm 16 years, my whole career, and have worked in various industries, but now I spend all my time Uh, working on employee benefit plans, which include uh, 401ks, 403bs, uh, ESOPs, pension plans, and um, just really we we try to have an expertise in that area. So we have partners that are focused on employee benefit plans. Right. Well, it seems like in today's talent market, I mean, things are very competitive. And so uh, employees are really looking at benefits um, as kind of the um, attractor or the way to retain talented people. What employer responsibilities are created by these benefit plans? Well, the the main thing to think about is fiduciary responsibilities um, and the duties that, that come with the creating the plan. Um, you'd want to create a, you'd have to create a plan document, uh, a trust to put the, uh, the, the funds into, and also um, look at what service providers you're going to hire, such as record keepers. Um, so there's a lot to, a lot of responsibilities that, to, that are created, right. but fiduciary duties are the most important, and there's a, a lot that goes with that. So with like, so within an employer organization, I mean, there's uh, probably lots of people that would be making the, the financial decisions about a plan, but um, whether that's the chief human resource officer or the CFO um, or an HR benefits administrator, um, how do these people know if they're a planned fiduciary? Well, the important thing to think to consider is not um, – what your title is, but what you're doing for the plan. So are you, do you have authority to make decisions? Are you making decisions about the plan, such as investment um, decisions, hiring service providers, spending plan assets? And that's really what is uh, making you a fiduciary, not so much the title. Um, You'll want to consider when you create a plan, uh, determining who will be a fiduciary to make sure that you outline the duties and how decisions will be made and who all will be involved in making those decisions to make sure those fiduciaries are aware they're fiduciaries and they're getting the appropriate education and um, 
they, they realize what the personal liability is related to those duties. Does it have to be just one person or can multiple people be fiduciaries? Multiple people, you can have committees. Um, you can have an investment committee, an administrative committee um, that will be, they will all be um, fiduciaries. Uh, or you could actually even outsource some of, some of the fiduciary duties to investment advisors as well. So let's dive into the role of a plan fiduciary and what are those primary responsibilities? The primary responsibilities are acting solely in the interest of the plan participants and um, for the purpose of providing retirement benefits to carry out duties prudently, to diversify investments, to make sure fees are reasonable uh, and um, to follow plan documents. Right, documentation. Yes, plan documentation. That's something that's really important. We do see errors. It's one of the most common errors, uh, plan documentation, um, not following the plan document and being familiar with any amendments, make, making sure that's happening because changes can be made and if the fiduciaries aren't aware of the change, is it being implemented? and the plan document will provide all the guidelines for how a plan is to be carried out. So it's very important that you pay attention to that document um, and to have a process in place to carry out your duties prudently. And with that, if you must hire experts to help you do that, because if you don't have the expertise to make investment decisions, then you may want to consider hiring experts to do that um, as well. In your work at Weaver, then, uh, you mentioned if the fiduciary isn't isn't familiar with a, a change or amendment. Um, can you think of an example of, of where maybe that's happened, that um, the, the fiduciary was unaware of a change that happened or something that you see commonly? Uh, we have seen situations where uh, compensation definition was changed and bonuses were added in uh, when before before the plan amendment that was not the case where when I say that I mean uh, employee could not defer uh, contributions on their bonuses only on their uh, salary um, their hourly wages but not uh, bonuses but the plan was amended and those were allowed and the fiduciaries were not aware of that change or um, or did not implement that change, mm-hmm. even if they were aware of the change because bonuses don't happen every day. Right. And so that's something that you have to make sure you have a process in place. Okay, we made that change. So, you know, once a year when that does happen, how are we going to address that and making sure you're thinking of all those um, all, all those small details. Right, right. So regulation agencies like the Department of Labor or the, the IRS, I mean, they, they make rules for participants and beneficiaries to make sure that everyone's going to receive their promised income at retirement. Uh, and to that end, then, mistakes, you know, are very costly things. Um, it comes in the form of complaints or lawsuits or um, even government-assessed fines. So what are some of the most common plan mistakes uh, to watch out for? So um, some of the most common plan mistakes are 
uh, not following the plan document, which I, I had mentioned before. Yeah. We've seen uh, situations where the plan document will have certain definitions of compensation that's eligible for participant deferrals. And we'll find that maybe the plan document says bonuses over time are not allowed or vice versa. And the plan administrator uh, is not aware of that in the plan document because they you know, aren't as familiar with the plan document as maybe they should be. And so then you've got a problem, you've, you, there's corrections to be made. And basically really knowing the plan document, reviewing it when it's updated to make sure that when it was updated, something was an added in error. We've come across that as well, where there was an amendment to a plan. And during that amendment, a box got checked off that nobody had requested, nobody yeah. was aware of it. And, and then down the road, they realized they're not following the plan document. They signed it, there was this box checked off. So technically they they should have been doing that and so making sure that when you do amend a plan document you're making sure that it is everything that you understand it to be and also uh, just making sure you're updating it for any laws or regulations as well so that's a the plan document can cause quite a bit of issues if you're not very familiar with it uh, the other mistakes we see are uh, untimely contributions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that quite often. People don't realize that you know you're you're holding back monies from your employees, and you need to submit them as quickly as possible into their plan. Mm-hmm. So you know sometimes because you're short staffed, you're saying, well. I'll get to it when I get to it, uh, but that's not acting prudently on behalf of the of the employees, the participants. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that you invest, put their money into the investments as soon as possible. So they're, you know, because those are lost earnings. So when there are un- untimely contributions, you're going to be on the hook for making up for the lo- those lost earnings. Um, sometimes we see where they have a pretty good um, process of timely contributions, but then someone goes on vacation or somebody's sick, and all of a sudden there's, uh, you go from submitting in three days consistently to submitting in nine days, and that's also not appropriate in the Department of Labor. If you were audited, they would consider that a, they would consider that a, a prohibited transaction and you would um, have to remedy that. Uh, and there may be penalties, there's lost earnings you have to make up for. So you want to you want to make sure you have a process. Uh, that's the most important step is making sure when you set up a plan that you have a policy in place, you know, who's going to make these contributions if that person's out, who will be the backup for this, and just really make looking at your um, what your office can do, what your company can do, what your staff can do, and saying, okay, when can we reasonably segregate these funds into the into the plan? Um, and you know that may be three to five days. You know that may be in one day. It just depends on the organization, but it's important that you have. Consider that, put a policy in place, and make sure you've um, you've given those responsibilities. People know what their responsibilities are as well. One other um, common mistake is employer um, eligibility failures. 
So you have to also make sure that em- the employee is getting a chance to join the plan when they become eligible. So if that's a year after they start working um, or after a thousand hours of, uh, of work, then you have to make sure you have a process to notify them that they are now eligible to participate in the plan and also vice versa, making sure that there are not employees that um, are participating that shouldn't be participating. So we also see that occurring uh, again the important thing here is to have a policy, uh, procedures in place, and making sure that your team knows who is responsible for what and, you know, making sure you're keeping up with reviewing who's eligible, you know, all the time, depending on how your plan document is set up. Is the eligibility individually based within a company? So if the company decides you're eligible after a year or if um, a a thousand hours, or is it uh, by part-time and full-time designations? Um, it is completely up to the organization. Uh, some organizations, day one, you, you know, you're eligible and there's auto-enrollment options as well. So uh, there's a lot of different scenarios. And again, that goes back to knowing your plan document and making sure you're aware of what your guidelines are and what you need to follow. Right. So there's headlines that'll pop up about employee benefit plans, and those usually revolve around fees, share classes, and benchmarking. Uh, What should fiduciaries consider when they're overseeing these plan investments? When they're overseeing the plan investments, they should consider, should, should they consider setting up an investment committee to help oversee, to help make those decisions? Should they, um, we always recommend an investment policy statement uh, to use as a guide and make sure that investments are allocated correctly and just really to have a guide of how those decisions will be made so you're not um, making a decision that maybe is too risky. So that's something to really consider it's not required but it is uh it it is something that's highly recommended and um but but if you do have an investment policy statement you have to follow it yeah so there have been some um lawsuits where the investment policy statement was not followed and so it's better to not have one if you're not going to follow it. <laughs> right. But it's highly recommended that you do have one because, again, that goes back to documentation. If you have a lawsuit um, that's brought on by an employee, um, ba- basically saying that you did not act prudently and choosing the investment options, you can go back to that investment policy statement and show that that was, uh, you know, thought out and that you were following that that uh, that process as well. Right. Um, something else to consider is outsourcing the fiduciary duties. So you can outsource to a, a co-fiduciary, so an investment advisor that will help you make the decisions, but ultimately you make the decision, or you or or an investment advisor that will basically make the decision for you. Uh, so those are also uh, other ideas just to help um, help with the making those investment decisions and making sure you're acting prudently. Again, document if you are going to outsource the fiduciary 
those fiduciary duties to an investment advisor, you still are on the hook for oversight of that service provider. So even though you maybe are outsourcing completely that um, fiduciary duty, you have to make sure that you're overseeing that service provider. And usually they will meet with you and talk you through the decisions that were made or that maybe if you're having a co-fiduciary, they'll meet with you, I don't know, quarterly, monthly, just depending on what arrangement you set up. And they provide a lot of great documentation that you can keep in, in your files and just, you know, add a little bit more documentation of when the discussions took place, if there was any um, decisions made during the, those discussions, uh, just to make sure you, again, have that documentation in your files. So employee benefit plans can be pretty complex and it's good to know that employers aren't really alone in in trying to manage retirement plans and also select them. So what should fiduciaries consider when they're overseeing service providers in this area? Um, Well, first, when you're hiring the service provider, you'll want to make sure that you're asking for various proposals, and really getting a chance to know the firms that you're hiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll want to ask if they've had any legal actions against that firm. Uh, you'll want to ask if uh, what their process and procedures are in making investment decisions. If, you're go- if you have an investment advisor, for example, uh, you'll want to know how they make decisions and how they're going to communicate those decisions or help you in making those decisions, depending on what services they're going to provide. Some investment advisors may provide, um, you can actually outsource the fiduciary duties where it's their co-fiduciaries and they are helping you make decisions, but you're making the decision, or you may just outsource the fiduciary duty where they're making the decisions for you and, and your fiduciary duty becomes overseeing them. Um, so you just want to make sure that you are very familiar with how they're making those decisions and how they're communicating those decisions that you have supporting documentation of those discussions. Documentation is very important whenever you're overseeing the service providers to show in case there's a lawsuit you know, by an employee or in case you are audited by the IRS or Department of Labor, you'll want to have that documentation of the due diligence um, that you you did to make sure that they were performing their duties, that you were familiar with what they were doing. So what's a fiduciary's role in helping the plan participants themselves? Um, in helping them, they'll want to provide communication, a lot of communication to the employees. So you want to uh, consider providing education mm-hmm. about retirement itself, the importance of retirement, about the different Im- investments. Um, not advice, you don't want to give the employee advice, mm-hmm. but you can give them general information about making investment decisions. Uh, you also want to provide them with all the notices that are required uh, by by law to provide the employees so that they are aware of any modifications in the plan and have a summary plan document as well. 
So as you communicate, you give all the communications, the required communications to the employees. Uh, that's something that you want to make sure you have a process. Again, going back to process and documentation and having a calendar to make sure that you're in compliance and you're keeping them up to date on the um, on any changes to the plans and just all the requirements that are, are um, that are required by law. So it's making sure that the employees themselves, they understand what benefits are available and, and the deadlines and all those things. It's not necessarily providing, you know, retire, retirement advice or, or investing advice. It's giving them the basics of what, what they are really entitled to. Exactly. So educating them of what is available and what you're offering is um, really how you're going to help your employees. And just to talk a little bit about uh, helping your employees Making going back to providing the education, the retirement education, a lot of time um, we'll hear employers say, well, that's their problem. They need a plan for that. But really, uh, companies need to consider how it's going to affect them in the future because it will affect their bottom line if you have employees that are not retiring. So you may have uh, older employees not retiring that are driving health care costs up for the company, right. for everybody. Uh, in addition to you may have turnover of young talent because there's no room for growth for their career. And those are uh, ways where your company will be impacted as that's well. A, that's a great point. So what happens when a plan um, comes under audit. I mean, how can fiduciaries plan and be ready for a uh, Department of Labor audit or um, that type of fiduciary liability? You will want to make sure that you have policy policies in place, you have proce written procedures in place as far as who's making decisions, who are your fiduciaries, how are you deciding what service providers are you're hiring, um, who's helping make those decisions, and then when those decisions are actually made, making sure you have documentation of um, that those decisions occurred. Uh, for example, when I propose on an audit client, I'll tell them, hang on to my proposal, put it in your files, because if you ever get audited and the deal will ask, how did you choose your auditor? You can just take out that proposal and show them that you reviewed our qualifications. All our qualifications will be in that proposal. And um, and then you'll want to have documentation that you reviewed fees. Um, it You don't have to have, uh, you don't have to choose the lowest fee, mm -hmm. but you have to make sure you review fees for reasonableness and make sure that you reviewed uh, your service providers uh, to make sure they had the right expertise and they had the right experience to provide the service. So something you had mentioned before, uh, employers can opt to outsource this fiduciary responsibility uh, to a third party, but what are some of the main or the important considerations uh, that uh, should be weighed in this decision? Uh, you will want to look at uh, really vetting the firms and asking them to provide some background on their years of experience. I mentioned before uh, if they've had any legal action against them and uh, really getting proposals and making sure that you're compa making comparisons and, and making sure that you are very familiar with 
their the stre- their strengths and um, and what they can bring uh, to to the plan. And it sounds like the the proposals themselves can be important documentation for down the road if you select that firm uh, and you do come under an audit. Exactly. So again, document, 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 yes. <laughs> and uh, and that will save you a lot of headache um, as well. So what uh, resources or tools are available to keep current on the fiduciary responsibilities and the employee benefit plan audits that could happen? What are some suggested resources that you can share? I use the Duo website quite a bit. They have a lot of great resources on their website and also the IRS website. In case you do uh, end up with an error, there are some uh, voluntary correction programs. IRS provides a lot of great examples to walk you through errors and what to do in, ca- in, in those cases. Uh, so it's very helpful as well. And uh, our weaver.com, our website, we also have a lot of great information on our website and resources as well. Yeah, I found a lot of articles and a lot of thought leadership uh, pieces on there that can really help give insight to uh, to what can be a pretty intimidating or at least on the surface confusing uh, thing to consider. Yes, yes, we can help you quite uh, quite a bit just going through our website and also uh, you know always feel free to use me as a resource. Always w- welcome any uh, any calls and questions. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for joining Beyond the Numbers, a Weaver podcast today. To listen to more episodes and find more helpful content, go to weaver.com slash thought dash leadership. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. Subscribe and tune back in for more Weaver Beyond the Numbers.